Companies and Allied Matters Act make it easier to do business. Kama has been the phrase on a lot of lips these days. Kama, 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 Chameleon. <laughs> this is the law that governs how companies and other associations operate in Nigeria. The National Assembly and the President have rewritten and passed the law in hopes that it improves the business environment. It brings us to our big hard fact today. Nigeria is ranked 131st on the World Bank's 2020 Doing Business Report. But it was in the top 10 worldwide for most improved for ease of doing business. So we have a long way to go. But according to the World Bank, we are making progress faster than the rest of the world. And here in Nigeria, the government has set a goal. The goal is to get us into the top 100 for ease of doing business. And that's part of the reason the camera was passed. Today, what I want us to do is break down the provisions of the camera so that you can decide whether or not it will help us reach that goal. We're hoping that um, the people who set and announced the goal of setting of, of getting us to the top 100 will actually join us on the show we're waiting for her to connect on the show i'm talking about the special advisor to president buhari on ease of doing business she's also the secretary of pebec pebec is the presidential enabling business environment council her name is Dr. Jumoke Oduole, and uh, she's just joined us now via Zoom. You can actually watch this interview on Facebook. Facebook uh, is Nigeria Info 99.3. You can also watch via YouTube. YouTube is Nigeria Info FM. Dr. Oduole, are you there? Can you hear me? Hello, Dr. Oduole. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Gosh, my boss was like asking, and I, I was I actually was on my feet trying to, you know, exit the door. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Welcome. All right. You're live on the show. <laughs> oh wow. Yes. I didn't just say that live. Did I? You just did. You just said that live. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Yes, I'm at work, but I had to rush just for you. <laughs> All right, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Let's start with what Pebec okay. does. What does Pebec do and how do you do it? So, oh, wow. In very short summary, mm. we remove bureaucratic bottlenecks for small and medium-sized enterprises. So we work on regulatory reforms, legislative reforms and how do we do that we work with uh, particular ministries departments and agencies mm. in government in the federal government we also work with state governments and with national assembly judiciary and private sector so it's quite a wide project mm. but the idea is to make sure that it's easier to do business and by easier we want to remove we want to reduce the cost of mm. doing business okay we want to make it faster to do business okay and we want things to be more transparent mm. now before yeah. we get into camera yeah. itself let's talk about ease of doing business generally right based on your mm -hmm. work what would you say that um, the major obstacles to doing business in nigeria are oh well 
So if we if we if I take the feedback from private sector, there are two sides to it. So there's the hard infrastructure. So you talk about power, you talk about movement of goods and services, rail, um, broadband, and then you have the soft infrastructure, the amount of time, the people issues, the processes, um, and infrastructures. So those are the three things. Uh, so, so businesses talk about the cost of doing business. They talk about taxes quite a bit. They talk about um, hard infrastructure most. They talk about power. They talk about uh, seaports, um, standards, NAFDAQ, SON, uh, the number of regulatory hurdles they have to encounter. Mm. So a lot of pain points. We try to listen very closely to where the shoe is pinching small and medium-sized enterprises, and then we go from there. Mm. All right, if you just joined the show, welcome. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Like I said, you can watch on Facebook. We're streaming live, Nigeria Info 99.3. You can also watch on YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. And if for some reason you cannot stay until the end of the interview, Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwesili is available as a podcast, so you can listen afterwards. I have on the show with me the special advisor to the President, uh, Buhari, on ease of doing business. She's also the Secretary of Pebec and Pebec is the Presidential Enabling Business Environment Council. Her name is Dr. Jumoke Oduole. Dr. Oduole, let's talk about Kama itself, right? So, first of all, <laughs> first of all, let's look at some of the new provisions regarding starting a business. One of the most interesting uh, provisions of the new act is that it now allows for the registration of a company with a single owner. What are the advantages of this from Pebec's viewpoint? So it's really where, like I told you, we take our feedback from private sector. So there's some jurisdictions around the world that have already done this. And of course, you know that Nigerians are really entrepreneurial. And sometimes the whole uh, partnership thing, the whole uh, having a lot of shareholders. Hmm. So businesses are constantly trying to, okay, let me put my children, let me put my spouse and you know what? The, the market is ripe for single uh, shareholder companies. Mm. So we really pushed hard for that reform and we were happy that we were able to deliver it for, for the Nigerian people. Mm. Uh, some observers uh, um, have said that they are worried that allowing single owner registrations will mean the system will get flooded with registrations, including from one man business types, uh, many of whom will not be very serious. What do you say to that? we don't mind at all you see the more you you increase the pie yeah and then you have a, a pool of success coming out of you know so so the bigger the pie the bigger the pot it's better for us hmm. so out of those you have a smaller size pot then the number of successes we want more dangotes we want bigger bigger companies coming out of nigeria hmm. it all starts from starting a business the hmm. more i mean these are no statistics globally the more companies start a business the more successful, you know, it's, the, it's, it's just statistics, really. The more you have, mm. then the more success stories you can have out of that. Mm. So we're not, uh, and of course, it, it increases formality. It takes a lot of businesses out of the informal sector into the formal sector mm. and all the sort of the credit system, the tax system, mm. a lot of good things for the structure of our economy. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about Section 863 of the law. 
it says a person cannot carry on business as a company or a partnership or with a business name without registering under the act. And if they do, they will be fined. They can be fined. Now, a lot of Lagosians who have sent in questions want to know, how does this affect the woman who's selling tomatoes on my street? Does she have to register with the CAC now? I mean, what's the litmus test? So, you know, to be honest, there's a, there's a threshold. These are provisions that apply to the formal sector, people that have bank accounts, people mm -hmm. that are, you know, when, when there's when there's when there's systemic intervention that applies to you, you're applying for permits, you're applying for you're, you're opening bank accounts, you're going to be doing business with with a formal sector like, you know, businesses like you are mm -hmm. also incorporated businesses mm -hmm. to ensure a level playing field. Everybody's it's, it doesn't apply to the very micro level of our economy. I mean, there's really just no way. That's when you say that a lot of developing countries, including Nigeria, have a very high informal sector, upwards of 70%. And you don't have those kinds of figures in other more developed uh, climates. So we're trying to make sure that we reduce the informality and we make sure that we have a more structured economy because there are benefits that come with that, mm. as opposed to letting. So the more businesses are structured, the more they can access capital, the more they can have uh, better services from government offices, the more they can have um, upscale and then they employ more people. So that it's, it's a virtuous cycle. Hmm. So that's why incorporation is important, yes. Now, beyond the tomato seller, even among the more stable SMEs, you have lots of people who are doing business without registering with the CAC. You have hundreds of mm. thousands of them, or even maybe millions. Mm. Most of them haven't registered with the, with the CAC for various reasons. Some of them don't want to because they're dodging the tax net. Um, mm -hmm. but, but some of them simply don't know how, or they are intimidated, or they've tried and they were discouraged. Is the answer to impose a fine on them, or is the answer to develop better mechanisms for locating them and registering them? So it's both. It's both. Fines, because they're just some companies that, like you said, they prefer to fly under the radar. Mm. And they're doing a disservice to the entire economy. Uh, there's some companies that are quite large, but they don't want to be formalized because they don't want to pay tax and they don't want to. I mean, it's the same thing with BVN. People fought it tooth and nail mm -hmm. because they, they didn't want that transparency. But we need it because it's unfair for some businesses to have to be registered and to have to have annual returns and things like that and regulatory oversight while some of their competitors are not registered and can go on with sharp practices that are unknown to law. Mm. So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Then the second thing is very much, we're very interested in simplifying things for incorporation. We've been working on this for a few years now. We made sure that registering of business names takes about four hours. We've taken a lot of things online, digitized processes. Mm -hmm. uh, company registration itself is now 24 hours. Yes, sometimes we have issues with the portal, uh, sometimes bandwidth, depending on the state you're in around the country. Mm -hmm. But by and large, this is something that private sector have told us are working. They're very happy about. Mm -hmm. So when you have it much easier to start a business electronically, there used to be about six different paper forms mm -hmm. when we started this in 2016. Mm -hmm. And we collapsed in 2017. We collapsed all those forms into one form and we put it online. So it's an electronic form. And it's online. And it used to be six paper forms. So things like that. Um, 
like I said, we work on processes, we work on people issues. So the people issues will be more communication. So you have the Corporate Affairs Commission now on Twitter, you have them having a lot more stakeholder engagements. And it's not just CAC, but because we're talking about camera here, we work with over 50 ministries, departments, and agencies, making sure that their websites are up to date. This is what executive order won't speak to, making sure their websites are up to date. They put their procedures online, their service level agreements. And then we have the other side of the mirror, which is the report gov portal. And that is where private sector can make their, their complaints or their feedback. So we're trying to make sure that the, the dialogue is on and the feedback is worked on promptly. Hmm. So that's why I said it's both. Yeah. Now, how enforceable is the fine? Does the CAC, CAC in particular and the, and the government in general have the capacity and resources to trace all the SMEs doing businesses without registering? Well, you know, it's just like taxation. A lot of people dodge tax to your court, right? So, yeah. I mean, CAC will they will they'll, they'll make their their value uh, their judgment call on how they want to enforce this particular provision. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know what processes they would, would they would adopt. Mm-hmm. It may be that, for instance, if you want to get a government contract, if you want to have a contract from Bureau of Public uh, Procurement, then you may need. Your, to show your registration, you definitely need to show your registration. Mm. And there's some other countries. A lot of corporates won't even deal with you if you're not a registered. Even if as a, as a, as a, an individual mm-hmm. or a consultant, you want to do certain work, people are going to be like, can I have your company mm-hmm. registration? What are your company mm-hmm. details? Mm-hmm. So it's also, in, in, in the, it's also to the advantage of our economy to encourage, particularly as we don't have enough jobs, so we, we target a lot of our interventions at young entrepreneurs. We want them to be able to have an idea at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then by sort of 10 a.m., it's been registered. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the next day, you have your, your incorporation documents. Mm-hmm. So you can have a meeting just maybe in, 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 a, uh, in 24 hours and you can pitch your business idea. Mm-hmm. Or you have an idea, you had a meeting, and then you quickly go register it before somebody else moves with it Mm -hmm. so those are the kinds of rapid moving things that we're trying to make sure are are put in place for our entrepreneurs they're vibrant they have ideas they're ready to go so anytime they have an 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 idea we don't want to limit it we want them to be able to run with it Mm -hmm. so the cost of that we're also bringing that down and the the processes to get that done yeah Hmm. now let's talk about um, the statement of compliance right Mm-hmm. Under the old act, when I registered a company, I had to get a lawyer or a notary to sign um, a declaration of compliance. But now, under the new act, I don't need them. I just sign my own statement of compliance. Why was this change yeah. made? So it's exactly that, to make sure that it's a lot easier for our entrepreneurs, particularly, I mean, Younger entrepreneurs, and when I say younger entrepreneurs, it's not even an age thing. Hmm. It's anybody, you may come out of paid employment at 60 and you have an idea. Mm-hmm. So you are, you are a fresh baby entrepreneur. Uh-huh. So when I say younger entrepreneurs, I mean zero to three years. You just had an idea. You just start. The idea of where do I start? I need to get a lawyer. Who on earth is a notary public? Where do I start getting all this paperwork? Who does it? And all the fees that come up, depending on how savvy you are and who you, who, if you know who to talk to or how to get things done, if you can, it's not a trust thing. Mm. So the statement of compliance is government trusting private sector. 
you make your statement yourself as a promoter of the business will mm -hmm. take you at your word. Mm -hmm. If at a Okay, so we're having a connectivity issues there. Do we have her back? Dr. Duole? Okay, all right. So uh, while we work on restoring the connection to Dr. Jumoke or Duole, um, let's uh, get some of your thoughts via WhatsApp. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. If you just joined the show, um, today we're talking about ease of doing business in Nigeria. Will the new companies and Allied Matters Act make it easier to do business here. I told you when we started that Nigeria ranked 131 on the world's uh, World Bank's 2020 Doing Business Report, right? But was in the top 10 worldwide for most improved for ease of doing business. And that's why today we're having a conversation about some of the things that the government is trying to do to make sure that it's easier for you to do business. Now, we have a connection back to Dr. Duole. Sorry about the interruption, Dr. Duole. Okay, no problem. That's one, yeah. of, the thing, that's one of the things that we, we're hoping we can fix with the ease of doing business. Uh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's funny, I could actually hear you. So I was, I was shocked, like, you know, broadband. But, but, but really, on a serious note, these are the kinds of things that you know, with all the COVID, but even before that, for two years now, mm. uh, we've been working with state governments to reduce the right-of-way costs so that broadband can move around the country. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when we go for stakeholder engagements up north, I, I know I remember at least going to Kano mm -hmm. and them telling me that even their electronic banking transactions are slow. They can't do enough, you know, virtually. So that's a broadband issue. Mm -hmm. And the corporates are ready to, to expand, but sometimes the cost of digging up the road, for good reason, because mm -hmm. you're going to dig up the road mm -hmm. right, and it has to be fixed. So mm -hmm. All those things, those are more infrastructure, like I said, but we do pay attention and we do uh, make sure that we, we join the discussion and we encourage state governments and federal government. You know, we're, we're like, we're for you. We're actually on this side of the fence. <laughs> oh, we're in government for you. Yeah. So. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah. you mentioned uh, before we lost the connection to you that um, um, the reason why we have um, the new provision that says I can just sign my own statement of compliance uh, was so that we can reduce the need or the expense for business starters to get lawyers or notaries or things like that. You wake up in the morning, you have a business idea, you can get it done as quickly as possible. Now, how will the CAC be able to verify that all of us who are opening businesses are fully compliant without lawyers and notaries doing the work for them as intermediates and uh, intermediaries? Now it's it's optional. Hmm. So private Oh no 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 no. Okay. All right. So now <laughs> Uh, that was going so well, the network, that is. But we're going to try uh, and have that sorted. I don't even know if it's from our end here in the studio or it's from uh, Dr. Duole's end. 
but we're going to um, try to have that sorted. Like I said, get in touch with us via WhatsApp. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. We're still going to talk about uh, corporate governance. It's one of the provisions of, um, of KAMA. Uh, one of the provisions of KAMA gives the Corporate Affairs Commission the right to remove uh, the trustees of an NGO or a religious organization. So we're going to talk about that in a bit. Dr. Duwale, you back? Yeah, this is really weird. I keep, I can hear you, like, even when, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> th- th- that, they're telling us that your network uh, bandwidth is low. Bandwidth is low. Okay, um... Let me go on. Um, do you want me to switch connections? Yeah, maybe that will work. Maybe maybe switch connections and see. Okay. Okay. So, but I mean, while we still have you here and the connection is clear, go ahead. You you were telling me about how you're going to verify that all of us are fully compliant. Yeah. So it's a it's a trust thing. So what it is is that the CAC, um, when there are issues, it is when something comes up that anybody would wish so it's a trust system Mm -hmm. so anybody that that um so i'm going to join another thing now yeah okay so anybody that contravenes it is the day that you you know 99 days for the thief one day for the owner Mm -hmm. so it's not a good idea to put a fraudulent statement on on your your statement of of compliance just say the truth let it be as it is because it is as a business grows then things like this become sticky when you're forming your business it may be no big deal but imagine 10 years have gone by Mm -hmm. you're now highly successful and then some little uh, regulatory issue comes up and it's a percentage of your profit fine or something you know so it's just better to be compliant um so if i were cac i wouldn't spend a lot of time chasing on compliance Mm -hmm. i would wait till there's the opportunity that i need to vet something on your books Mm -hmm. and then and then I would take action. So you don't want to be in that situation. Okay. Uh, Kama also changed the requirements for what is called share capital. We've moved from authorized share capital to minimum share capital. Could you explain what the difference is and uh, mm-hmm. why, why, why this should matter to anybody who's starting a business? Yeah. So with authorized share capital, it's um, just the, the traditional way. You have uh, an amount of shares that you want in your company Mm -hmm. and there's a particular fee that you need to to pay for those shares Mm -hmm. um, to the corporate affairs commission now you may not allot so you have authorized shares Mm -hmm. but you don't allot all of them at the same time Mm -hmm. hardly anybody starts a business and allots 100 percent at the same time Mm -hmm. so now uh, the the regime is moving to minimum so you only pay for what you're allotting Mm -hmm. so it's an it's an opportunity to reduce uh cost yeah i see all right we're going to take a quick break we'll come back and then we're going to talk about corporate governance uh in one of the provisions kama gives the corporate affairs commission the right to remove the trustees of an ngo or a religious organization in the event of mismanagement now we know that um 
this is a standard power of government. For example, the Charity Commission in the UK has this power, right? But we've seen Nigerians, mm -hmm. including Bishop David Oyedekbo, kick against it and call it an attack on religious organizations. So after the break, you're going to tell me what Pebek thinks about that. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I've got the Secretary of Pebek on the show. She's a, uh, Pebek is the Presidential Enabling Business Environment Council. She's also the President's uh, Special Advisor uh, on Ease of Doing Business. This is Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I am Sandra Ezekwesili. Don't go away. This is your number one station. 99.3. 99.3 Nigeria Info. Let's talk. Back to Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwesili. It's 5.32. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. Will the new Companies and Allied Matters Act make it easier to do business? Answering that question is Dr. Jumokio Duwole, who is the Secretary of Pebec. Pebec is the Presidential Enabling Business Environment Council. She's also the Special Advisor to President Buhari on ease of doing business. And she's joined us today from Abuja. And uh, before the break, I did mention that one of the questions we will ask is about um, corporate governance. Kama gives the Corporate Affairs Commission the right to remove the trustees of an NGO or a religious organization in the event of mismanagement. Now, we know that this is a standard uh, power of government. And I gave the example of the Charity Commission in the UK and how they have this power. But we've seen Nigerians, including Bishop David Oyedekbo, kick against it and call it an attack on religious organizations and NGOs. What does Pebek think? Dr. Duwale? Hello, Dr. Duway. Okay. All right. So we're having connections problems again. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Duway, are you there? Hello? Hello? Okay. So Abuja people cannot make mouth again for Lagos people when it comes to, um, uh, what's it called? Internet... Um, subscriptions or internet service or internet service or internet subscription this time because it looks like our networks here in lagos are working better you know work stronger than that of lake of abuja but she's going to um work on that and uh join us again for this conversation let's take a few of your thoughts and if you have the questions that you have about kama 2020 uh zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three i think we're just going to switch gears and i'll just call dr jimoke uh on the phone uh phone calls are usually more trustworthy than the internet right so let's give her a call and uh let's get this over with dr Duwale, thank you so much for calling in hello another connection it's not letting me i've tried like 10 times let's now. just talk on the phone let's just talk on the phone it's fine now like this yeah like this this is okay 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 that's fine yes yeah. so thank you for asking me that question i think that's really a question that i would like to talk to today hmm. so this um provisions on trusteeship first of all it's not it's not at all religious targeted it's nothing to do with with any sort of uh, religious affiliation. It applies to all uh, trustee organizations, right? 
And it's about good governance. Like you said, other climates have moved far ahead of what we had in Nigerian law. As we're tidying up Kama, all sorts of things are tidied up and from relics, you know, it's been it's been three decades. Hmm. Now, we have seen a lot of abuses in our climate. So I'm frankly actually quite surprised that people are, some people, and I should say a, a small minority of people, are kicking against the opportunity for better governance. The opportunity to make sure that businesses and even trusteeships, even NGOs, even churches, are not allowed to engage in fraudulent practices. If you are compliant, why on earth would you be afraid? That's the first thing. I think only the guilty are afraid. That's the first thing. I think we should we should bring this out and, and talk about it as a tool. Like if, if everybody's books are in order, what would be the problem with oversight? And then the second thing is that we should look at the type of oversight. Are there enough checks and balances in the type of oversight? I've read the provisions myself, although they were not ease of doing business provisions, but I've read the provisions myself, and it talks about suspension. It talks about reasonableness. So there's a known test of what qualifies as reasonableness in legal talent. Mm -hmm. It talks about ministerial oversight. And it talks about even members of the association, I believe uh, one-fifth, of the members of the association even being able to make a report to the Corporate Affairs Commission. Mm -hmm. And we still have the court. Now, the National Assembly passed this legislation. We've been working on this legislation. People have been working on this legislation since 2004. Mm -hmm. There's been several public hearings, Sandra, several public hearings on this particular piece of legislation. Mm. But my view is that it's taken us 30 years to, to pass this. Um, or to, to overhaul this, mm -hmm. and it does not need to take us any sort of long time at all to start making amendments. If there's a particular group that feels that somehow they're hard done by by the Act, this Act is not the Constitution, and even the Constitution can be amended. Mm -hmm. So let them head straight back to the National Assembly and say, we want this provision amended. We don't like this. Uh, we don't like these powers. We don't you know whatever it is. Mm. I think this is a democracy. I think that this is a very good development for our economy, mm -hmm. for, for our business practices. Mm -hmm. It's a very good step for transparency. I feel that we shouldn't be emotive and we shouldn't allow things to be taken into sort of emotional areas or start using religion to, to decloud the issues. It applies to all, it, it applies to religious organizations, definitely it applies to both uh, Christian ones, Muslim ones, uh, whoever, whatever, NGOs, for whatever thing they're doing. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't um, heat up the policy. We shouldn't make it an emotional issue. Let's look at the facts. So what I would do is encourage Nigerians to look at those provisions, just as you brought it up. And thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing it up. I think that we shouldn't just, um, there's a responsibility when we speak publicly, and I hope that other voices uh, from from uh, religious organizations and, and private sector, large NGOs, I hope other voices will speak out also. Because NGOs do have, and, and charities in general, they do have um, that taint of lack of enough oversight, and people are always like, we don't know what you guys are doing in there. I mean, it's not a business issue, but people always speak to the lack of transparency 
especially when there are huge amounts of money involved. This is an opportunity to have greater transparency, greater levels of oversight. If the levels of oversight are not liked, the National Assembly is open to receiving feedback. Every local government, you know, there's everybody has their House of Reps, their Senator. Go right back there, ask for an amendment. And the final thing I would say is that when the National Assembly is working on legislation, Nigeria, please attend the public hearings. Please pay attention. They're in the public domain. Pay attention. Look at the, the provision. See where they, they concern you. And put input. It will only make the legislation stronger and better and more reflective. Having said that, I would want to seize this opportunity to commend the 8th and the 9th National Assembly for really demonstrating continuity in government um, and just a whole host of stakeholders, Nigerian Bar Association, Section of Business Law, NESG, uh, the capital markets operators, several, several stakeholders worked on this act. And that is why, Sandra, you will only hear very, very few pockets of dissent concerning this particular legislation it's oh. been extremely well received all right let, let's talk about let's talk about another key area of corporate governance that Kama covers um insolvency and business recovery now in section 705c the law says mm-hmm. that to qualify as an insolvency practitioner a person must get a certificate from the business recovery and insolvency practitioners association of nigeria Brypan. But Brypan oh, Brypan is in I love you, Sandra. I love you, Sandra. <laughs> now, you are going to the areas where I really want to talk to Nigerians about. First of all, Nigerians go to the legislation. There is nothing like must. It lists about two or three ways in which you can qualify as an insolvency practitioner. Hmm. And the reason is that this is quite a technical area. So Britpan, yes, it's a private organization, but I must commend Britpan. They've done a phenomenal amount of work in pushing for depth of insolvency provisions in Nigeria. They've been in the trenches, working with the National Assembly, working with the, with the federal government to make sure. They, they've been working on having stakeholder engagement, deepening business rescue in Nigeria to bring us to par with where other climates are. Before now. When businesses run into trouble, they had no business rescue provisions in Nigeria. The creditors thrown in and the business is cannibalized. With the hard work of Britpan, which I'm not even holding brief for, and a lot of other stakeholders that worked on this act, now we have business rescue provisions that buy the businesses some time. So you have time to make some arrangements, to talk with your creditors, so, you know, figure things out so that the business doesn't have to fail. That's why it's called business rescue. Now, the act is clear. Britpan is one of the organizations. There are several organizations that work with the Corporate Affairs Commission. There's, yeah, but, you know, but, but, but is, it normal, is it normal for a federal law to recognize a private organization by name and give them the power to certify a particular profession? They don't have the power to certify they are an organization and that is what they do. And every other organization, I mean, you know, Nigerian Bar Association, what is it? What is it? I can't, what are they? What are they? Are they government institutions? They are not. And are they recognized? Are they given that prominence when they're working in a particular 
demographic area. But, but they're chartered. Yeah, they're chartered, and Bipa can also become chartered. But it's, it's currently not chartered. Because this is a very new area in the Nigerian climate. Wasn't the president alarmed? That, or... I don't think that we should... No, no, let me just finish this point. I don't think that we should then look at... So I saw the tweet, I saw the person that tweeted, and it was, uh, it was a provocative tweet. He said, you have to be record... Uh, you know, you have to be certified by Britain. It's not true. You open the act right now. It's not true. Britain is one of the, of the avenues. And that's because that is where the expertise is. Ask how many people in the, in the legal community or even in, in that business community, how many of them practice insolvency. They're just a handful. So even if you're going to, to ICANN, to NBA, they still will have to adjust their constitution and make provision for their, their professionals to be qualified to work in this area. And it's not a difficult thing to do. Within a month or less, they can have it done. So there's no monopoly here. So to take our eyes off the issue of a very good thing for the business community and to sort of make it an issue of, I don't even know who who is emoting and, and, and what the essence of the conversation is. Are the business rescue provisions good for the private sector? Is Nigeria coming to uh, best practice, global best practice? Are we deepening insolvency practice across the board? What exactly is the issue? Yeah, but I mean, for, for the sake of due process, didn't we put the cart before the horse here? Shouldn't government had chatted uh, Britain first? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Does it stop? Does it stop insolvency practice? Britain has worked so hard, and the members of Britain, which people don't have to be members of Britain if they don't want to, but Britain has worked so hard a deepening insolvency law practice in Nigeria. Bripan pro bono put competence into the drafting, into the sort of looking at even attended conferences globally on their own money to come back with provisions to suggest to Nigeria, to suggest to the National Assembly that this is what is happening globally. I know they attended the Africa conference uh, of insolvency practitioners. We also sent judges from the from the federal high court, and Britain members were there. They've had stakeholder engagement in Nigeria on insolvency. If you know how pedestrian Nigerian insolvency law was before all these provisions were put in, you would know, Sandra, that this is really a non-issue. Okay. It's not a monopoly. <laughs> That's the first thing. It's not a monopoly. But Britain has put its money and its mouth and its expertise where it matters, where the rubber meets the road. I only wish, chartered or not chartered, that a lot more private sector, organized private sector, would take their sectors with such diligence and would push and push and deeper. That is what this economy needs. That is what this economy needs. Okay. So I'm not even going to, to allow people to uh, bash Britain. Or to, or to tell the National Assembly that why did they do this? No, I think we should focus on what matters. Yeah, but due process, but due process also matters. And if people are worried yes. that due process has been subverted in trying to do this, no matter all the good work that Bripan may be doing for companies and their insolvency, maybe they have a grouse, no? 
No, then I don't think there's a subversion. But then, hey, that's just me. I think that anybody that has a grouse hmm. can go straight back to the National Assembly. Yeah, go to either go to court and challenge it, or go straight back to the National Assembly and ask for an amendment of that section. But for me, I'm excited for businesses that may run into hardship. I'm excited that they have practitioners that are passionate about this not very attractive area. You know, it's, it's not it's not it's not one of the areas that is like a hot hot button, like hot potato. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited that there are practitioners that are willing to really put in effort to deepen that area in Nigerian law. Mm-hmm. That's where I put my stand. But I think that you know, if anybody has issues. And this goes for any section. Head back to the National Assembly, ask for an amendment, or go to the court and challenge it. Okay, let's move away from Britain. Kama also requires um, uh, for, uh, foreign companies to register, but it gives exemptions. So, for example, a foreign company doesn't have to register if they are executing government projects or executing projects on a loan borrowed by government or they have received an exemption of government. What's the purpose of that exemption? Well, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know that provision. But what I do know from working in government is that sometimes you have, you know, like donor agencies that are implementing things for the federal government or for state government. They don't give money. What it is is that they pay companies or consultants to do the work for government. So when you have those kinds of companies that are being paid for by donor agencies, for example, then there's already a whole transaction. There's already a lot going on. Like if the World Bank has a project that's implementing in Nigeria, there's already a whole lot of paperwork. They are more than registered, trust me. Hmm. There's a whole lot. It takes quite a while. There's a whole due process, international standards. Um, So that may be the reason. Okay. But it's, it's nothing, I, 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 I doubt that it can be seen as any sort of, they wouldn't have, let me put it this way, they wouldn't have a lesser standard. They would have a higher standard of reporting, not a lower standard. Some critics have suggested that this exemption was put in the camera to favor Chinese companies. What do you say to that? No, 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 no. Let me tell you, the government is extremely... Um, passionate about Nigerian businesses. That I know for a fact because that is my job. You also have the Investment Promotion Council, uh, Commission rather. So you, I mean, we, we need jobs, we need employment, we need prosperity for all. Government is under pressure to deliver for Nigerians. There's no way that we're going to now take time to make a legislation to favor Chinese companies. I mean, do you know what effort it takes to to make a a legislation like this come to pass? And then we're going to really sit down and and the focus will be on the Chinese. When we're taking heatings every day on a a looming recession, on on no jobs, on a a huge uh, demographic of young people that are unemployed, I mean, really, no. I know that people don't generally think that government cares. There's a huge trust deficit. I know this because I've worked on business climate reform since 2015. But I can assure you, at least from where I sit, and I don't sit alone, 
we have consistently worked on ease of doing business. We're not there yet, but we have marked uh, reforms that we have implemented for small and medium-sized enterprises, and we've been moving the needle slowly and steadily. So there's no way that we, for instance, or even under our watch, we're not even going to let any other government agency under our own nose be putting something into a provision, into a legislation that will work so hard to bring to the fore that is going to be favoring foreign nationals. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Uh, Section 402 says that small companies don't have to undergo annual audits. And Section 394 defines a small company as one with assets valued at 60 million naira or less and an annual turnover of 120 million naira or less. Now, that's most um, businesses in the country. Most of the shops that we see on the roads are not doing 120 million annual turnover. If we have a situation where these companies are not being encouraged to get audited, how do we stamp out poor accounting and business practices and money laundering and other forms of corruption? See, Sandra, the, the truth is that right now there's so many companies that are not um, performing their regulatory oversight properly. They're not. Um, so we've looked at it and we've looked at what would be the benefits to the economy and we're happy to reduce the regulatory burden for all the hardworking entrepreneurs out there. We're happy to bring in electronic meetings, electronic signatures, electronic transfer of shares, virtual meetings, even virtual AGMs for public companies. Hmm. We're happy to, to bring in single membership companies, limited liability partnerships. We're happy to bring in a uh, reduction of, of uh requirements to have a company secretary, to have auditors, because we want to reduce the cost of doing business in Nigeria. We want to remove the time it takes to do business in Nigeria. Will there be some people that will try to game the system and take advantage? Certainly, yes. When they get caught, they will face the book. They will face the law. But does that mean that we should hold back all the SMEs that will benefit from just being able to do their thing, especially our younger entrepreneurs. No. When you have a small company, okay, so I'm a single-member company, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have a company secretary and an auditor to report to myself. But we need to jumpstart this economy. We really need to expand the pie. And we need to weigh things from the light of what is the benefit vis-a-vis, will there be, be shortcomings? Certainly. Will there be people that try to game the system always? Will they get caught sometimes? Will we stop everybody from moving because of the few bad eggs? No. But Mm -hmm. when those bad eggs are caught, then we'll be in trouble. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to hold back our entrepreneurs from having a lighter burden um, just because we we are nervous about... Because, Sandra, even without any provisions, the people that are going to uh, commit infractions, they are already committing infractions. Hmm. Yeah, so we, we, we decided that we pushed hard for this because this argument is what has kept our laws back. But we said, no. Yeah, there will be bad eggs. There will always be bad eggs. But should we penalize 
young entrepreneurs that are ready to go, why should we make them get a company secretary? Why should we make them get an auditor? All these are costs. Apart from costs, their time. They have to find a professional. They have to find someone they trust. They have to make sure they can relate. They have to wait for different, you know. So we just thought, you know what? No. Let them go. Let them flourish. Okay. Let them flourish. Now let's wrap it up because we're out of time and I'm getting signals to wrap it up. Oh, Uh, I know. I know. (laughs) You know, there's been some criticism about Kama giving the CAC the right to suspend the trustees of an association and mm-hmm. appoint interim managers. Could you explain why that right exists? So it's it's not um, it's not. Uh, I mean, this happens even in banks. Mm. Like the CBN has a similar power. It's corporate governance. You see, the thing is that it's only the guilty that need to be afraid. It is only when, and it takes a lot. You have to be in a real infraction. It has to be public. It has to be like everybody needs to know that. There's been something going on here. The CAC cannot just wake up. First of all, there's a test of reasonableness, and everybody, every lawyer knows what reasonableness means. And there's the oversight from the minister. And then there's the opportunity to go to the court. So it is it is um, balanced to make sure that now there's oversight. Because previously, we haven't had this. And Sandra, frankly, we've had a lot of financial misappropriation and impropriety in our business climate. So I really wouldn't be frowning on a bit more uh, regulation and corporate governance. You saw the the Institute of Directors, they just had a a new business ethics, uh, ethic code of conduct Mm -hmm. launched two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. This is global. We don't need to wait for Enron and um, Lehman Brothers to happen in Nigeria. Before, I mean, I'm talking business climate, but even with with trustees, we don't need to. And trustees have a fiduciary duty. They have less oversight, but they have the trust of people. If we go to NGOs, if we go to to churches, they have the trust of Nigerians. So those same Nigerians deserve the protection of government. And I I don't think that um, there should be a fear, an inordinate fear of, government abusing those regulations. If CAC has excesses, I mean, before before long, CAC itself will be checked. Okay. But I don't think that before any excesses, I mean, the, the ink is not even dry on the legislation. Hmm. And that's where a lot of focus is. But we do need the regulation. We do. We need the oversight because there's been a lot of financial impropriety in that space. Dr. Duwele, let's leave it at that. And I would like to thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm inviting myself back. I'm coming back. All right. We'll we'll talk about when you want to come back because there's so much more ground to cover, honestly. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Lagos, those were your hard facts. Thank you for being a part of the show. We have this uh, show available as a podcast. So if you just joined the show and you missed a huge chunk, don't worry. Just search for uh, Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwesili and listen to this interview again. And of course, uh, talk to me online. S. Ezekwesili on Twitter. Sandra Ezekwesili on Facebook. S. Ezekwesili on Instagram. It's also available on Facebook and YouTube if you just want to watch instead of listen to a podcast. Tomorrow, let's talk about speaking ill of the dead. Mm-hmm. 5 p.m. That's when that conversation will happen. The big three comes your way at 3 Ah, those were your hard facts, Lagos. Good night.
99.3 Nigeria Info. Your mic is always on. Let's talk.